Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like guys. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Binging and Bickering. And in the wake of Spider-Man, what's the title of it? Spider-Man Miles Morales for PS5, which comes out next week. I'm very excited about it. Yes. In the wake of that being released and Doctor Strange being announced that he will appear in the next Spider-Man movie. A lot of hot news. Dan and I thought that we would just do an episode focused on Spider-Man. We're yeah. deep thinkers that way. And uh, Spider-Man 3 just started filming uh, in Atlanta because uh, Tom Holland like posted on like his Instagram that he like had landed to start filming Spider-Man 3. So, Do they have a release date on that? Uh, no. Uh, you know, given COVID and everything like that, like the world's fucked up. Shooting schedules are off. So I think like everything for now, I would like to think is pushed back like a year later than it like was supposed fall to or winter 2021 sounds like it would make sense that would probably be the earliest it would be out yeah yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see that's that's what's happening and dan and i threw together an episode and the first thing we're going to talk about is this character now has six movies counting into the spider-verse uh, no 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 i'm sorry i'm not no. even counting amazing spider-man seven so Seven going three, on like three, three. Toby Maguire, two Andrew Garfield, uh, two standalone Tom Holland movies, um, and f- like four with, uh, uh, no five with Avengers and oh, whatnot. Shit, I, I wasn't even counting those. <laughs> yeah, um, and then one Miles Morales movie, uh, and there's a sequel for that. So, in the modern era. Spider-Man's been very pop. I mean, he's probably the most popular comic book character of all time. And there's him, a, it's between him, Superman, and Batman, without a doubt. And like, there's a reason why, like, you know, like he is the most popular. And um, you know, we'll get into that later on in the episode. But no, I think that's uh, their first. Oh, point. is that? Well, oh, it is. So oh, timelessly popular. Yeah, he is popular because like Spider-Man's a a kid, and like the 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 awesome part about Spider-Man is that he is a kid who has to balance out like being a loser in like high school, <laughs> you know, a a, a, a nerd. And he has to balance, like, homework and projects and, you know, paying rent and all of these other things that, like, a normal, like, kid, teenager, and, like, early 20s has to deal with on top of being, like, a superhero. And he's just very relatable. And, like, there's a reason why this character has taken so many different approaches over the last couple years because you want to get him right and you want him to to not only be like an awesome Spider-Man you want him to you know in in the MCU's case like you want him to fit in a world with Captain America with Iron Man because like you know there's a lot of comic book storylines where Spider-Man teams up with a bunch of other people and he works well with everybody um so you want you want him in popular media, but like you also want him to be a good Spider-Man, and you know obviously there's a debate between 
um, the three like live action Spider Men, but like there's a reason why there's three of them so far. Uh, it's just because he's such a popular, really well done character, and an argument can be made for all three live action Spider Men because they all kind of serve different purposes yeah. as different Peter Parkers. I would say he's he's so popular because everyone, every kid, every teenager has had the conversation of if you woke up one day with superpowers, like what would you choose? And that happens to Peter Parker, and so he's he's very relatable in that way. Of we've we've all thought how we would handle that, and. He's the one that that actually happens to. Yeah. Now we don't. None of us choose like climbing on fucking walls and <laughs> shooting webs. It's usually like flying or something. Yeah. But he's the one that that happens to, and all the other reasons that you noted with him having to juggle just normal teenage issues. I was trying to think. I think I had another reason, but the the. That is one of them. It's just we've all thought about what we would do if we if we woke up with that. And another reason that I think he's so popular is this is less true now, but it was for a long time, is comic book culture, superhero culture was equated with, like, nerdy outsiders and less so the popular kids. Mm -hmm. And... That's another reason so many people have clung to Peter Parker is because he embodies that. Like, he glorifies being a nerd, yeah. being an outsider, <clears throat> kind of some like a wallflower he's not paid attention to. And that, I think that's another reason is he's kind of a symbol of everything's going to be all right to a lot of kids that don't necessarily fit in. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, his his character consistently, like... Part of like the the cooler aspects and and more recognizable aspects of like Spider Man is like it's finally like Peter Parker's like time to shine as like a superhero. So like him like constantly like talking trash to villains like while he's fighting them and like making fun of them and stuff like that and um doing all these things like it's finally like. Like the the like the nerd got cool, and this is like the only way for him to like kind of like express himself is when he's like wearing his mask, and um, you know, like he he always struggles with his double life, but like he also does it really well, and like his personality as Spider Man like complements his like kind of hidden personality of Peter Parker really well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's. We kind of covered the bases why. Yeah. Because, you know, Superman, the the very quick, I think, explanation as to why he's so popular is just because of how fucking badass just, he is. Justice, like, you know, just, yeah, he's Superman. He, he's Superman. Like, he, like, Superman is literally, like, you know, like a description of somebody. Like, like Superman is, like, the perfect hero, you and, know? And Batman is the hero everyone would want to be. He's rich. He's a playboy. And then at night, he beats the shit out of guys, and he's just an ultimate badass. Like, he's yeah. the most macho. They all kind of serve their purpose, but I, I really think Peter Parker's so popular because of just how relatable he's he is. He's real. He's relatable. Yeah. yeah. He's very grounded. Mm -hmm. So, we'll pivot to our next segment, which is we're just going to talk about the Peter Parkers. We'd, I mean, we'd love to talk about Miles Morales and Into the Spider-Verse, but... 
and Jake Johnson voicing Peter <laughs> Parker. P- Peter that, B. We'll, Parker. We'll just, yeah. we'll just focus on the live action Peter Parkers and kind of talk about what makes all of them unique. Because I still know people who, regardless of Tom Holland's success, they still like Tobey Maguire more. And mm-hmm. I mean... I don't necessarily agree with that. That's fine. But I just like that this debate exists. So we're going to get into kind of what makes each of them unique. So should we start, start at the Holland beginning and go backwards or start with McGuire and go to Holland? Uh, let's let, let's go like an actual like release order. Let's okay. start at the beginning and, and then make our way to now. Um, but Toby McGuire started the modern superhero craze. And it's with his Spider-Man, and um, I think as time has gone on, and and there have been two more live-action Spider-Men since Tobey Maguire, like his flaws started to kind of show, or like you know the choices they made with his Peter Parker started to show more. But he started it all. Like we wouldn't be where we're at in the modern film, uh, video game. Uh, TV show landscape with superheroes if it weren't for uh, uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. And, you know, he plays the nerd very well. I mean, that first Spider-Man movie from 2002, like, that's how you do a superhero origin movie. Like, that should be, that's textbook. I mean, that was, that movie is so really well done. And because it shows, like, Peter Parker's life before and after the spider bite, like, just perfectly. Like, everything about Tobey Maguire's, like, nerdiness and, and like, how he goes from, like, not being strong to strong, the scene with, like, his glasses, like, the camera's blurry when he had it, when he takes them on and off. Like, like that, that movie is just, like, a perfect origin story. And, you know, Spider-Man 2 is still, people argue, like, one of the best um, sequels, uh, to a superhero movie still to this day. Um, and there's just so much about like Spider-Man's like world that Sam Raimi's trilogy captured really well. I mean, like, like, uh, JK Simmons as J Jonah Jameson, like they brought him back for, Mm -hmm. uh, for the uh, Far From Home, Tom Holland's most recent Spider-Man performance, because you can't like recast him, like he he was just perfect. And um, you had some of Spider-Man's best villains. I, you had Green Goblin, you had Doc Ock, you had Sandman, you had uh, you, you had Venom. Like all of them made an appearance in Sam Raimi's trilogy. And um, you know, I know three is controversial because it's not very good but but like all of all of those movies are groundbreaking for what they did in terms of like villains in terms of storytelling and in terms of like you know spider-man being like the ultimate hero because he has to balance all of these things like they do it really well and uh toby mcguire is at the center of all of it i think what sam raimi did really well with toby mcguire spider-man in particular was like you said He's a he's just a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Like he he's he's a he's an outsider to the most extreme and less so with Tom Holland's where he, it feels like he's more just like nerdy with Tobey Maguire like so much about him is his cringe and whether that's intentional or not it just works. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that's what it did really well. And then his hero's journey is also good. But I, the one thing I just remember about him is just a fucking odd yeah character even when he's like pissed off and yelling it's like this, <laughs> this guy's not intimidating whatsoever no it just works that's kind of the point right spider-man is he's he's an underdog he has to overcome adversity and it it works really well and i would also argue that him being the way he is also heightens his villains a lot. Without a doubt, yeah. They, they're more imposing so you just think they could crush him so easily. So from an underdog stance and just being a fucking weirdo, it works really well. Yeah. And the, I think, um, you know, to his core... They tried to make him, like, cool and emo, that's when it got weird. Well, right. I mean, everybody agrees that 3 is weird and stinks, but... <laughs> like, I think what Spider-Man does really well, the original three, um, like, Spider-Man is a New Yorker. Like, because, you know, I mean, Stan Lee is a New Yorker, and, like, a lot, a lot of these characters, like, are tied to the city of New York. But, like, Spider-Man, above all, in the history of comic books, like, a hero that really represents a city. There's Batman in Gotham and there's Spider-Man in like the real life New York. Like Spider-Man embodies New York City. And like you really feel like Spider-Man is like part of New York. Like New York almost feels like a character in itself in those first three movies. Yeah. And and the focus has kind of gone away from that uh, in terms of live action Spider-Man. But like the scene on the train in Spider-Man 2 where he stops the train and the, they, the, and they the all train, carry him in. The... the, the delivering pizza, yeah. getting food from vendors. It's I would agree with that. I didn't like think about yeah, that. Spider-Man like as a New Yorker, like I think the Sam Raimi like trilogy does going, the best job at that. Going on tours as a kid. Right. Well, yeah. a teenager. But, and yeah. like becoming a reporter for mm -hmm. the Daily Bugle. Yeah, like I, I think that's done really well and it, they've kind of gone away from that. I think Tom Holland's like done like the second best at that. Um, but, like, the focus wasn't on, like, Spider-Man necessarily being, like, a New Yorker. Like, I feel like that's an essence of the character that has been done the best by the, the Sam Raimi the trilogy. The MCU has taken it to more of a global level. With right. their superheroes. Yeah. Where the earlier ones were a bit more... Grounded. grounded. So, mm -hmm. then with Garfield, I don't think these movies are particularly great. But there's one thing I think they do really well. And I have, I think Andrew Garfield is an excellent actor. Yep. Social Network, Hacksaw Ridge, he's been great in a lot of stuff. But he, he's a fucking good-looking guy that looks like he's he would cool. play a jock more than he's he would a too nerd. Cool. He's too cool. He's too cool. And the one thing that that's what I was gonna say is that his looks and chemistry with Emma Stone help because they dated while they were filming the movies. Mm -hmm. Is the romance aspect. I yeah. think the I think the romance aspect of mm -hmm. the two amazing Spider-Man movies work really well because Andrew Garfield is a bit of a hot uh, heartthrob, you know, like you said, he's cool, he's good looking and he looks more like a rock star than he does Peter Parker, but some of that helps and it helps with him being a charismatic lead and you want him to get the girl and Gwen's death in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is actually pretty fucking sad. Yeah. And it's because that they flesh that relationship out really well in the first two movies. So I 
as much as I can criticize those movies, I think that's where Garfield really thrived. I'd agree. I think, um, you know, it's like Spider-Man, like him bagging like Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy, regard, you know, depending on what storyline and author is kind of going with. I think the, the the appeal to their relationships is that, like, Peter Parker, like, Mary Jane was always written to be, like, the prettiest girl in school. She's really popular, but then she's with, like, Peter Parker. Yeah. Like, why? Because he's fucking nice, and he's, you know, he's, like, his own person. He's a nerd. He, you know, he does his own thing, and that's why, like, it worked. With, you know, Gwen and Andrew, uh, and Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker... It's like, it, it makes sense that they're together, you know? Like, he doesn't, you know, like, I feel like they play it on, like, yeah, Peter Parker's a nerd because they still have, like, a Flash Thompson character that's a bigger, like, jock bully. But, like, he shows up Flash by, like, dunking a basketball on his head and stuff like that. It's like, come on! that like That's the whole point of <laughs> Spider-Man, man. Like, with great power comes great fucking responsibility. Yeah. You're not supposed to use your powers to dunk on people. I wish they played it up more, actually, mm. and just did their own thing and didn't make Peter a nerd, and I think those movies might have worked. Yeah, better. like, but... Just gone, not giving a fuck, and maybe just said, hey, we're gonna give the, po the I, popular... I, I really like the... the I really like the design of Andrew Garfield's suits in that... in the Well, in the first Amazing Spider-Man. The second one kind of takes a more traditional route, but, like, they, like, his eyes weren't white. They were, like, he actually, like, they showed him, like, make his costume, and his, like, eyes were, like, actual, like, sunglass lenses. Like, I think the original Amazing Spider-Man suit, like, looks really cool. Um, but, like, I don't know, just, like, Andrew Garfield... The romance aspect that you mentioned is probably, like, the best part of the movies. But, like, there's just something just not Peter Parker about his Spider-Man that is just, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't stick as well no. with you. And and I think that's, you know, I think there's a lot of problems with those movies. I think the right like the writing and and whatnot is kind of the, the most glaring uh, with those movies. But, like, there's just something not Peter Parker about Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And I think it. it makes the character suffer too mm -hmm. and then with holland who i think we'd both agree is probably the the just the best overall yeah spider-man he's a kid yeah it, I, we kind of covered it yeah and the first one is just he's he's a kid he's a kid and that's that's exactly and it. that is his movies they feel like john hughes movies, right and if if they were like standalone uh, movies, like if if it was just the new Spider-Man and it wasn't connected to the Avengers and the MCU, I don't know if they'd do as well. But like him looking up to Tony Stark, mm -hmm. the relationship he has with Tony Stark and Iron Man is the reason why his Spider-Man has been so successful so far. Um, I just think like... You know, there are plenty of comic book storylines where Peter Parker and Tony Stark have this kind of relationship. So I'm really glad that the MCU was able to get Spider-Man because this relationship is so great because Peter Parker needs a father figure. You know, like, I'm glad they didn't do the Uncle they ben didn't again. do the Uncle Ben storyline again. Um, 
and like Peter Parker had somebody to look up to. And like that just creates like Spider-Man is going to be like the focal point of like the MCU moving forward without Captain America, without Iron Man. Um, and for good reason, because one, he's the most popular character and two, because they've built that story up. They've built that up. Tony Stark, the only character we see him like really put his his arm around is Peter Parker. Yeah. So like, I just really like the way Tom Holland as like a kid Spider-Man, he's actually dealing with like actual school problems and life problems, but now also dealing with like, you know, an entire superhero universe falling on his shoulders. Like it'll be cool to see him rise to the occasion. Exactly. And, and that's why his Spider-Man works. Yeah. You, you, you hit it on the head. And like I said, we talked about all the reasons we said why Spider-Man is so popular. Holland just embodies it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's quirky, nerdy. And once again, he plays on that underdog aspect the most, which, you know, we said, I think Garfield's does the least, but he, he, if he, if Peter Parker wasn't given superpowers, you could drop him into like the breakfast club. And I feel yeah. like he would fit. Really and well. they focus on his high school life, you know, a lot. I mean, in his two, I mean, in the Avengers movies, like they're focused on, you know, like world ending problems. Um, and Captain America Civil War, like, you get a little taste of it, but Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home, he's on, like, school trips. Like, you know, like, he actually has to deal with, like, people, like, being worried about, like, a chaperone, like, having to sneak away from the group to go stop something, dealing with, like, you know, young love and, and, you know, like, in the first one, it's, like, high school dances and being popular. And, see, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man would have swung into that party in the first movie. Yeah. And Tom Holland's Spider-Man went to go stop the big giant purple explosion in yeah. the distance because with great power comes great responsibility. That's the whole fucking point. And, you know, like, that's why it's so cool. Like, you get to see Peter Parker as a high schooler. And, you know, not that Tobey Maguire's, like, wasn't because, like, the first movie, like, yes, he's in high school. But I, I think I mentioned earlier, and I was a little more vague, but now since we're talking about Tom Holland's, it makes sense. Like... Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is just a little older take on Spider-Man, and I feel like the heart in the character is, like, that he is young, um, you know, and as he grows older, there's more problems, like rent and all of these other things to deal with, and balancing a job with being Spider-Man, but, like, him as, like, a teenager, like, there's more of those problems. Holland also feels like a teenager, where Tobey Maguire Spider-Man feels like a lot of older high school and college movies where the you know the actors are way older yeah. than the characters they're portraying. Holland, not so much. I mean, I bet by the time he's 30, he'll look 21. Yeah, and I, I think that's also part of the era, too. Like, I don't think they were going to put the success of a of a possible movie franchise back in 2002 yeah. on, on the shoulders of a 15-year-old, so. I think our next segment will overlap a little bit. We had best movies, and... Again, we just talked about all the different Spider-Mans, and I think we kind of hinted towards our favorites. Mm-hmm. Which one would you say has the best movies? Um, well, I mean, like, obviously, like, uh, like Tom Holland Spider-Man shows up in, like, Infinity War and Endgame. So, like, I think, like, he's been a part of, like, the best movies. Um but I would go in terms of like quality. If if you take the Avengers and 
Captain America Civil War out of it and you just look at Homecoming Far From Home versus Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 and then Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. I still think they're better. Um, you know, and if it weren't for Spider-Man 3, uh, if it weren't for Spider-Man 3, I might go Tobey Maguire has the best movies. But it's because of Spider-Man 3 and the dancing scene and, you know, and, and um, just how jam-packed that movie is with villains and, like, uh, Topher Grace as, as, as Eddie Topher Brock, Grace. Gopher Face, uh, as, like, Eddie Brock. And, like, there's just a lot, uh, there's a lot jammed into three, and, like, it just kind of makes the rest of the franchise suffer, even though Spider-Man 1 and 2 are, are amazing. Um, but, like, I... I Yes. Should we say spectacular or, or ultimate or whatever? Um, but I, yeah, I think Tom Holland's movies are the best. And, you know, I mean, that makes sense. Like they have the best kind of hands on them. They have, you know, Kevin Feige as producer and the Disney MCU hands in that character to make those movies like the best they can be. Um, and because there's a greater plot in, you know, in line, like those movies like are almost like forced to be great. But, you know, if it weren't, like I said, if it weren't for Spider-Man three, I might've given it to Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. And it, it wasn't going to be amazing Spider-Man one or two. It's hard <laughs> to answer it now. Because we don't know what the future holds. Exactly. So yeah. maybe our answers change. Right. I have a feeling that they'll just continue to be good. Mm -hmm. I, I think I would agree. I will say what I do really appreciate about Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man's is compared to Tom Holland's and Andrew Garfield's, Sam Raimi has like a directorial stamp on those movies. Oh, yeah. You know, to where even I said the Holland ones feel like a John Hughes movie. They definitely still feel like a part of the grander MCU as they all do, which is both a positive and a negative thing. Yeah. But what I really appreciate appreciate about the Tobey Maguire ones is how much they stand by themselves. There's elements of horror. There's elements of fantasy. There's elements of drama. They, they juggle a lot in those movies, and that's what I mostly appreciate. I always think of the Doc Ock scene. Oh, yeah. Or when Norman Osborn, Willem Dafoe, speaking to himself. Like, those are really, like, when I was younger, those scenes, like, fucking freaked me Great out. Great scenes. Yeah. And, and I'm excited. Um, Sam Raimi, of course, directed, like, Evil Dead, and he's a horror icon. And he's going to direct the sequel to... Uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. So, you know, that's where, like, this whole Spider-Man uh, universe could kind of get really interesting because, you know, I mean, I think you would all know that the it's rumored that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man are going to make an appearance in some sort of live-action Spider-Verse movie with Tom Hollins because Doctor Strange is going to be in it. And, so and, <laughs> and Sam Raimi is directing the sequel to Doctor Strange. So, like, there's this weird, like, real-world multi-universe thing as well as the MCU's multiverse thing. It's, it's complicated. I understand. That's why we're having an episode about it because it's just so... It's weird, but I agree with you. Sam Raimi is like they're like those movies have their own identity, and I think that's why they like you know like regardless of three, like I think that's why those movies have survived and people are able to still love them and watch them and not kind of like 
like people are starting to kind of almost erase like Amazing Spider-Man from ever happening because yeah. like they just don't have that that heart to them. They don't have like those moments to them, and for good reason. What I also like about Sam Raimi's movies that are at times they just do not take themselves seriously whatsoever, no. and it really. It, it really welcomes being kind of a goofy superhero movie at certain points in time. And, you know, there's a place for that. Aquaman did that a little bit. But either way, I we both agree it's Holland. But I definitely have a, a very large appreciation yeah. for Raimi's. So we titled our next one because we're cheeky. Most sinister villain, which is, you know, reference to the Sinister Six. But I just, we all we're saying by that is kind of our favorite Spider-Man villain that has appeared on screen because similar to Batman, he has a ton of really good antagonists yeah. and we mm-hmm. haven't seen all of them on screen yet. And I'm sure we'll get better ones going forward, but there's been a lot of good ones so far. We have, you know, Michael Keaton as Vulture, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. Uh, who's in the, who's the first? Them? Oh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Um, and, you know, and I, I like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, as 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 uh, lizard and first Amazing Spider-Man. I, I think he's good. Name, but I, yeah. but he plays Xenophilius Lovegood and and Harry Potter and yeah. the Deathly Hallows. Yes. <laughs> uh, cool. uh, it's like Reese, like yeah, something. Yeah, I yeah. Can't, I just can't remember it. Off yeah, well, I'm not gonna talk about him anyway. But you know, he he was good. Like that was actually like an okay. Uh, part of Amazing Spider-Man. It's better than Dane DeHaan's Green Goblin and Jamie Foxx's Electro. Um, but yeah, like he was actually good as uh, Lizard. But um, I think I'm going to go with Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture uh, as the best villain um, so far in, in live action. There's so many other Spider-Man villains that I'd like to see like really realized. But like if it weren't for Michael Keaton's Vulture, like, you know... It's 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 Doc Ock and yeah. I, I I you know but I I really feel like in the MCU like the villains almost started to to suffer the longer those movies were going on and obviously like they culminated with Thanos and there's been and a resurgence there, but there's been a resurgence yeah. in villains and the you know like the longer the MCU went on the the villains started to suffer but like. Michael Keaton's Vulture, like, really kind of brought back villains for them. And not only was it, like, for the overall MCU, it was for Spider-Man as well. Uh, Because we were coming off of, you know, the two amazing Spider-Man movies, and they kind of left a a sour taste in our mouths. And, um, like, I really liked how he was tied into the Avengers and Spider-Man and Peter Parker's high school life and how he kind of helped Peter Parker bridge to like the overall uh, world, like not only in terms of storytelling, but also like who he was and how he was acted like, um, like Michael Keaton's vulture is just really well done. His motivations are excellent Yeah, because he's not really a cheesy i'm gonna take over the world what he does is he gets fucked over by the avengers basically loses his job and he becomes an arms dealer with all this cool tech that he inherits and he tries to make a living for his family and make a bunch of money and i think he gets caught up in it all but it's it's 
the 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 motivations I think are more realistic than it's a natural storyline. It's like he didn't yeah. like fall into a vat of something, or he didn't, you know, like uh, you like he didn't like get caught up in some like crazy thing. Like it's a very natural villain it works arc. With Peter's grounded story as exactly. well. Exactly. You know, because um, like he like Vulture acts as like a bridge between, you know like friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and Avenger Spider-Man. And and like, it it just works with the story and it's really well done. And his vulture started off this like streak of great villains for the MCU that led to Thanos. It was like him, Hela or Hela in, in Thor Ragnarok and then uh, Killmonger in, in Black Panther. Like there, like that was like a stretch of villain. And then it was Thanos. So like, his 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 vulture was an amazing villain. It was really well written, um, and I I think like for the Peter Parker that it's sure that it's a villain for, and it kind of set up possibly a sinister sinister six yes. uh, story coming up. And I know that's been been attempted like three times now, but I'd like to see it come to fruition, and I I think they will. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I, I, I really enjoy to try it. to jam it into one movie instead of spacing it out, which is what it looks like they're doing in the Holland ones. But one of the things I really like about Keaton's too is, is at some point in the movie, he's essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but he's essentially like, we got to fucking like tone it down because if the Avengers get any whiff of us, we're fucked. Like he knows their limitations and how they're not really that powerful. Right. And his ultimate mission at the end is to do like a stealth robbery. I think that's kind of cool. It's, it's very low key. I would go, I mean, you said Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is runner-up. I'd probably go with that. I, 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 I was I, assuming, like, one of us would talk about yeah. him. If, like, if I was going to pick uh, Keaton's Vulture, like, the other would pick. He's a very tragic character. Yeah. You and... know, he's in love with his wife, and he's this stellar scientist that shows that he has this great rapport with with uh, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. And then it all comes crashing down at right. once mm-hmm. where his, his wife dies. He essentially loses his mind to the tentacles that he attaches to himself and his relationship with Peter fractures. He loses everything. Was it the, the power of the sun and the palm of my hand? He mm-hmm. becomes like this Icarus like figure. It's I, I really enjoy his, his uh, character because once again, He's it's not like the movie starts and he's just this asshole who wants to take over the world. Right. It's a it's a fall from grace and he actually is good at the end of the movie when every when he kinda can And sac- sacrifices himself and sacrifices for Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. So I I would say him. Alfred Molina's fucking great in that role. The costume design's excellent. It like and just the the writing. I mean, you need a well written villain for for a superhero villain storyline to work, and just the relationship in that soul movie. And like, he's part of the reason why people like argue like Spider Man Two yeah. is still like one of the best superhero movies that's ever been made, is because like his arc. I mean, the the story of Spider Man Two is like Peter loses his spider powers and like he can't he can't be spider-man anymore he quits being spider-man and like it helps like doc ock rise it was like you know like peter looks up to 
uh, to Dr. Octavius and all of these things like tragically happened to him and like just the relationship between him and Peter and what it means to not only uh, like their relationship, but like New York as well. Like, you know, the train scene, like everything about that that movie is just so well written and, and the, the, the two storylines of Octavius and Peter Parker, like they just work and they intertwine mm-hmm. well. And um, yeah, Doc, Doc Ock is a really well done villain and I hope he comes back um, at some point in time, but it's going to be tough I've, to follow. I've, I've read people saying they should cr- uh, cast Christoph Waltz and I'm all in. Oh, that would be awesome. That yeah. <laughs> okay. Like if you get somebody like Christoph Waltz to play him, then it like, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, Molina's, uh, Doc Ock is, you know, a staple in, in that movie. And, you know, there's a reason why you haven't really seen Doc Ock tried to be done again. Uh, you know, and unfortunately you've seen Green Goblin done again. Um, but I think they will again, but I'd like them to go more like the Norman Osborn route and maybe focus on his insanity later. Either way, I, that's kind of actually this is into our last topic a little bit as we're dancing around you know these movies have been done so many times now what can they do to keep it fresh i talked about doing the sinister six i'm all in for that but one thing i would like to see is we need charlie cox's daredevil to be yes to oh my be goodness confirmed that he is in the mcu Bring him and Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk into a Spider-Man storyline because in classical comic books, all three of them kind of intertwine. They're all tied together. Another, especially yeah. Fisk and Spider-Man. Fisk, and Spi- Fisk is like considered more of a Spider-Man villain yeah. than he is a Daredevil and, villain. Yeah, and, and it's just more so because of how much I fucking love Vincent D'Onofrio in that role. And once again, he fits with a Spider-Man story that is supposed to be, you know, watching out for the little guy on the streets because Wilson Fisk is a shadowy figure and he's more of a mafioso with... That doesn't need to deal with Avengers-level threats. Like, he's not an Avengers-level villain. He is a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man villain. Like, you know, it, it just... It would make sense. And, like, you know, all of these kinds of characters that are kind of considered like Avengers, like B-team characters. Like, they get to be, like, A-team kind of spotlighted through Spider-Man. Or he's the guy that brings together the Sinister Six because he's the smartest of them all. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would just... Something of bringing those three together, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I mean, that's... That is, like, my biggest want. Ever since, like, Daredevil's success on Netflix, I'm so bummed there hasn't been any talks whatsoever. Like, we're gonna... Charlie Cox was meeting, but I didn't hear anything Because we're we're gonna get, like, a Nick Fury show on Disney Plus, and we're gonna get, you know, like... And believe me, like, anything... And WandaVision, and, you know, believe me, like... Anything Marvel, like, I'm going to sit down and watch and I'm going to be, like, excited for. But I understand, you know, the Defenders and 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 Luke Cage and uh, uh, Iron Fist and, like, all of these, um, like, other, you know, shows didn't really work on Netflix. But Daredevil was so good. And, I, like, I just wish that he gets the, the revival he deserves because season three of that show was so fucking good for both Fisk and... And for Daredevil Bullseye. and Bullseye, like they they never got to to do more. And I hope that Disney 
the you know MCU like makes that happen because that would be awesome. Um, but like with the you know rumored because that that is my biggest want. Yes, I agree with you. Like that is what I want. But with like the multiverse being uh, you know hinted about and everything like that, you know this all ties into like everything we've talked about already. Spider Man's you know popularity, everything like that. There are so many Spider-Man storylines, and they all deal with pretty weird, out-there kind of things. I want to see, like, Miles Morales in the MCU, and I do want to see, like, multiple Spider-Mans. I understand why, like, possibly, like, that couldn't be mainstream, and there's a reason why Spider-Verse, like, was you know, an animated movie that wasn't or, really touched by MCU open it yet. Up briefly in a movie and expand upon it in a TV show if you want. Yeah. Like I, I do want Miles Morales. Like I, I think he's a very interesting, awesome character, both in terms of representation in, you know, media, but also just because he's an awesome character. And I the relationship you can have between him and Peter Parker, you know, is similar to the one you could have between Tony Stark yeah. and Peter Parker. And I really like that like Miles storylines always end up being like he looks up to uh peter and you know it's about to explore it in the video game part of the reason you know why we're doing this episode in total like i'm excited for that but like that relationship is really well done and spider-verse storylines are really weird um but like outside of like having spider-man team up with daredevil or or um, you know, the Fantastic Four or somebody else that they'd want to have him team up with in the future. I'd want I, I want a natural MCU Spider-Verse to work and have it work if it needs to work briefly, have it work briefly. Don't make it stupid. I I I, I think the way it's going with all of these rumors happening, like that could be the direction they're going, but until it happens, it's not there. And I hope that possibly all three of the Spider-Mens that we discussed uh, could be in the same film and possibly Miles Morales being in the MCU eventually, too. That's what I want. I agree wholeheartedly. You captured it all. So that'll conclude our Spider-Man episode. Do not forget to like, subscribe, hit that bell if you want instant notifications. I don't have my thing. Yeah, well, well, oh, like the... My my bell ringing. Thing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> if you like what we're doing, head on over to charactertheory.com. The links for that will be provided below. Mm-hmm. You want to add anything else? Uh, audio listeners, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, and then, you know, uh, if you are only an audio listener, ha- head over to our YouTube page and show us some love on our video version as well. Uh, but if you don't like seeing our faces, then, you know, keep listening on audio. Catch you guys next time. Keep watching movies and uh, get hyped for Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. See you guys. Bye.
Your love would be too much, or you'll be left. 